For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Working all day in the sun. Big boss man got a big shotgun. Don't take my shovel. And welcome, everybody, to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby here on the Believe Podcast Network, streaming audio all around the world. Jeff DeForest and one Mike Luby Lubitz. And uh, this is great because, uh, you know, Luby and I do a show uh, every morning on Ion Channel all over the universe there, streaming audio and video. And uh, he tells me, okay, uh, 9.20, we're going to be talking to this guy, Rick Prado, uh, who was uh, a CIA agent. And I, I thought, uh, Wow. That's a guy I just saw yesterday morning on CBS Morning News, one of the most fascinating pieces I've ever seen, and uh, I, I'm thrilled to be talking to a true uh, American and international hero, uh, Rick Prado, a former CIA agent. He has a book out uh, about uh, his experience there, Black Ops, and a uh, fascinating story all, all along with it. Uh, we welcome Rick to the program. Rick, how are you? Good to talk to you on the show. Thank you for having me, and I appreciate the kind words. But uh, I, oh, I, would, yeah. I would like to This was amazing out. yesterday. I mean, now that story was just absolutely as fascinating as anything I've seen on that program ever. Thank you. I appreciate that. But my point, my point, Mike, is that I am just one example of the many people we have in my agency that does this kind of work and has this kind of dedication. It's not a one-man well, show. Well, inspired... Yeah, inspired, uh, obviously, uh, by, by your background, and uh, you were, uh, you know, very uh, significantly pointing out that this uh, had a huge influence in your desire to go in this direction uh, from a professional standpoint, but uh, literally put on a plane uh, from Cuba, uh, your parents uh, were going to be behind, uh, the Castro regime was taking over, they were taking over everything too, including your parents' business, and uh, so, so you come here to live in orphanages at uh, like nine years old into the United States? Yeah, I mean, I was there for the for the revolution. Uh, my town happened to be uh, near the mountains where Che Guevara was. So our town got hit numerous times when I was there. I saw my first firefight when, when I was seven, wow. uh, right in front of my doors, right in front of my house. But yeah, I use that as fuel because imagine, I'm an only child. Imagine my dad and my mom's conviction to put your only child on an aircraft to a country you've never been in for freedom, not knowing the language, not knowing if you're ever going to see them again. Uh, that's the fuel for me. I couldn't fight communism when I was, uh, I turned 11 at the orphanage, by the way. I left when I was 10. Uh, I couldn't fight communism back then because I was a kid, but I made it my career. I, I fought communism in five different incarnations through the CIA. Fascinating, yes. And, and uh, you, know, it, you were very much inspired by, by this background to uh, go in this direction. Uh, not the easiest line of work, uh, I, I would imagine, uh, Rick. I mean, uh, you know, were your parents hoping maybe you'd become like a CPA instead of a CIA guy? <laughs> well, my parents didn't know what I did for a living until much later on. But, 
they knew that I was up to my, my usual adventures because that's always been my wiring. Um, I, I grew up uh, riding horses and shooting guns with my dad. Um, and like you said, that, that traveling and that exposure, uh, even to risk. I mean, the orphanage uh, discipline, harsh discipline and harsh fights uh, was, were very common. So I, I think along the way, you know, this steals you to, uh, to become what, what, what God-given path you have in front of you. Well, and, and it was quite a path. I mean, uh, just uh, judging by uh, the glimpse that we got yesterday on, on TV, this book must be fascinating. Black Ops, The Life of a CAI, CIA Shadow Warrior with uh, Rick Prado, who was with us here on After Hours uh, with Defoe and, and Luby. Uh, I mean, you were involved in so many different things, including, and I kind of, uh, you know, looked at this uh, a little bit uh, from a lot of different angles because uh, I was friends with the great Alexis Arguello, who, of course, was very much moved by what was happening uh, in, in Nicaragua. And, and you were right there in your uh, capacity as a CIA agent at the root of that, were, were you not? Yes, indeed. And, and let, me, let, me, let me correct you on one little thing. CIA agents are the people that we recruit. We refer to ourselves as operations officers or case officers. Oh, wow. So, okay. but, the, but the answer is yes. I, I, that's how I got into the agency. I had applied to the agency in the late 70s, and uh, they called me in to do contract work. I was an Air Force pararescueman. That's how I started my adventurism in, the, in this career, which is an elite unit within the Air Force. And they, they were in need of medics, uh, paramilitary medics, so I was working for them under contract, just going up there 30 days or whatever. When the, when the Contra program started against the Sandinistas it, around 1981, as soon as Reagan took over, um, they called me because they did not have a single native Spanish-speaking uh, uh, paramilitary officer. And that was how I got into to the agency. For the first 14 months of that Contra program, I was the only CIA officer allowed in the camps because I could pull it off oh, wow. as a non-American. Now that, of course, changed. I did three, a little over three years there, and by the time I left, we had several former Special Forces guys who had decent Spanish, but the hand need, did not need to be as hidden as it was for the first 14 months of that program. So I, I got to live in the camps. I, there were 10 camps on the border. I slept in the jungle hammock Monday through Friday for th over three years. And it was the best job of my life. Oh, wow. Not only because of the freedoms I enjoyed, that, that I could do pretty much uh, what, what, what I had to do, um, but also the satisfaction of dealing with people that each one has a personal story. This, for me, was personal. It was personal for them. I, every night I would get a cup of coffee and sit down with a different group of contras. There were peasants for the most part. None had read Lenin, Marx. Some didn't even know who the hell Castro was, but each one had a story. My daughter was raped. My church was burnt down. My priest was beat, uh, beaten up. They forcibly constricted my 15-year-old son. It was very refreshing and very easy to get up every morning knowing that you were surrounded with people that had that kind of conviction. It was interesting, too. I mean, uh, I believe the uh, piece also touched on uh, the thing on uh, CBS this morning, which was outstanding, uh, how uh, there was an awareness uh, about Osama bin Laden and, and his whereabouts uh, long before he ultimately was uh, taken out of the picture, as we say. Um, and and uh, yet uh, you guys weren't able to act on that, uh, the, the, the idea that uh, almost anybody could have uh, 
you know, uh, done away with him uh, at any time, uh, maybe prior, uh, long before he, he uh, really, you know, got got uh, into, uh, you know, uh, some of the real evil uh, of uh, what happened on 9-11 and, and things of that nature. Uh, is that true? And uh, if if it is, then, then why is it that, that uh, we had a hands-off policy on somebody that uh, ultimately... Uh, what we knew what was, uh, you know, going to try and impart uh, some serious uh, heinous crimes upon the world. Well, you know, it, 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 it is a pet peeve of mine. It's something that I that I went through. Um, but it's the political fortitude that we need. I mean, this country will never have a shortage of warriors. Leadership is what we need to really have good representation in. We have been Laden in when he was in Khartoum, a, a very personal friend of mine, you saw a piece of him yesterday, uh, yes. attached to mine. Um, Billy was literally there. I've known Billy for 33 years. And he was literally there running surveillance, had a uh, hideout near the place, taking photographs of Bin Laden. We knew what he was going to have for lunch. We knew what car he drove. We knew the routes that he took. We knew the number of his security. And we proposed many times to somehow disrupt Bin Laden. And everything was put on the table from kidnapping or duct taping, as, as we call it uh, as a joke, or actually taking him out with one of our you know, uh, special teams. Imagine, with, of course, with 2020 hindsight, but can you imagine the difference if we would have been able to somehow permanently disrupt Bin Laden? The cold bombing wouldn't have happened. The Twin Towers attack in Africa wouldn't happen. And of course, 9-11 probably would not have happened either. So it was the political fortitude was lacking. They, we had the operational access. We had the operational uh, expertise to get this done. This was very doable. But politically, it wasn't palatable. I, I know you have to run, but uh, just a quick answer. Is it there now? I mean, uh, do we have the means in place to maybe, uh, you know, thwart some of these things before they happen, uh, you know, with the intelligence that we have? You know, the, the, the agency, like our, like our military as a whole, but special, our special military, we always have viable capabilities to execute any mission that the president of the United States asks us to do. The agency is not a rogue organization that on its own says, oh, we got to take out Bin Laden. If that would have been the case, we would have taken out Bin Laden. Uh, it is the political fortitude to sign a lethal finding like President Bush did after 9-11 that allowed us to, you know, cry havoc and unleash our dogs of war. Pretty incredible. All right. I know you have to run uh, doing uh, a lot of different interviews around the country uh, and appropriately. So fascinating piece on uh, CBS uh, Morning News uh, yesterday, uh, which aired on a Sunday around the country. Rick Prano, a tremendous uh, individual. Uh, he couldn't help but have mad respect for you. Uh, watching his piece, and I'm sure the same comes through in the book, Black Ops, The Life of a CIA Shadow Warrior. Rick Prado, thanks so much for being with us here on uh, After Hours. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, man. All right. Wow. Could have talked to that guy all day. I was going to say, because uh, if you watch um, Narcos, like what he's talking about literally sounds like the stuff you see in freaking Narcos and so many different movies that talk about cocaine cowboys, like all the stuff where America sort of put itself in the middle of what was going on in Nicaragua. Like, that's crazy that he was a part of all that. Uh, pretty insane, yeah. Uh, my buddy Alexis Arguello, of course, uh, went and fought 
you know, against the Sandinistas. And uh, I, I guess, you know, he ended up, unfortunately, uh, supposedly uh, committing suicide. Alexis Arguello, uh, you know, and, and who knows? I mean, that could have been a, a CTE thing also, yeah. as we've come to discover with many athletes that mysteriously uh, who, who uh, were subject to uh, that kind of concussive uh, physicality, which, uh, you know, Alexis got hit in the head many, many times. But uh, great guy. And uh, what was very much, I mean, it, it was brought up, uh, this piece with Prado was so appropriate because of the Ukraine situation, yep. Luby, and what's going on there where, where you have people literally like the Klitschkos <laughs> You know, who, who could live anywhere they want in, in the world. I mean, um, each one of them, uh, Vladimir and Vitaly, uh, both worth like hundreds of millions of dollars they made. I mean, yes, they bored us to tears for 13 years as the uh, heavyweight <laughs> champions of the world. The big question was, would they fight? And if they did, would anybody care? No, I, I mean, they, they obviously dominated a sport, which, uh, you know, was uh, a little bit lacking, uh, you would have to say, in depth. Yeah, yeah. Since uh, Vladimir Klitschko uh, did lose his title uh, briefly to a guy that wanted to play on the celebrity golf tour. <laughs> he did, yeah. He did, got knocked out by a guy that uh, his ambition, when, when they asked him afterwards uh, if he wanted to defend his title like you know a dozen times, he said, no, nah, I really want to play on a celebrity golf tour. <laughs> but the resolve of these people to protect their uh, life and their freedoms... I mean, it is, I mean, everybody around the world is just looking on in, in tremendous admiration and appreciation uh, of people that feel this way, where they would lay down their life. And in this case, the Klitschko's who, who have a hell of a life uh, in front of them well, with all the money they have. Now, now Vitaly is the mayor, the mayor of Kiev, the capital yeah. city. So uh, unlike uh, a Ted Cruz, I, yeah. I don't want to you know, point fingers, but I mean, uh, could you imagine Marco Rubio? Doing something similar if there was an invasion in Florida no, no, of foreign troops. I, I don't care what side of the aisle. Like usually, he'd be he'd be in an island somewhere, uh, untraceable. No, no. We, well, over here, and it's Zelensky, the president, has become this hero. And I told yeah. Shirley, I'm like, look, I love him, but I want my president safe. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I don't want him out there in the middle of it. But I give the guy credit. Like, he's become. It's pretty much why Ukraine has been able to fight the way they've been able to fight is their president is so firmly entrenched in the day-to-day that they haven't given up, that they are standing by him. And Russia, which is supposedly militarily one of the stronger countries in the world, has been to this point sort of thwarted because you, from the smallest to the highest, they all have the same resolve. It's impressive. Like the, the fact that USA is like, we'll get you out of there. And he's like, no, I don't want a ride. I want weapons. <laughs> like I don't need a ride. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I, I think about it. Uh, you know, the uh, ending scene uh, with Tom Hanks uh, and saving Private Ryan yeah. when they end up getting taken out by uh, the uh, German sh- soldiers, uh, and they're just overwhelmed, right? And, and what do they have to fight back with? They're out of ammo, and, and so they're making like little Molotov cocktails. Yep. To fight tanks. Yep. Which, uh, you know, you have to be, I mean, so uh, amazingly lucky to survive uh, that, uh, you know, overwhelming differential in power. And, uh, you know, sure enough, they're, they're at least for the time being doing it. And I, I don't know what these talks are going to amount to, but uh, wow. Uh, the, the situation uh, was very appropriate to bring up this uh, story with uh, Rick Prado and how, uh, you know, he, he had uh, the, the guy that he mentioned uh, when we were speaking with him, uh, you know, what was uh, a photographer, he had pictures of Bin Laden, like taking a crap. Wow. You know, they, they were all over it, uh, knowing that Osama Bin Laden was a guy that was going to finance uh, some of these uh, hideous and, uh, you know, just heinous terrorist acts, including 9-11, and, and could have taken them out uh, at any time, or, or at least 
you know, uh, gotten to uh, the bottom of what it was that he was trying to do and, and trying to find other ways to block it uh, other than maybe necessarily killing a guy and uh, could have incarcerated him for the rest of his life. And uh, maybe some of these things uh, could have been avoided. But, uh, you know, it, we'll never know. It's kind of like speculating on strategies in a football game after the fact. Well, if they had done this and done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, uh, they, they were onto it. Prado, a fascinating story. He, he's still training uh, people to, uh, you know, be in like militia and stuff like that. I mean, That's the guy's crazy. just like a wild man of enthusiasm. It's almost like Jack LaLanne with weapons. Yeah. <laughs> what, what Jack LaLanne was to exercise back in the day or, uh, you know, any of these fitness gurus, uh, kind of like, uh, what, uh, Tony Robbins, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. uh, talking only about, uh, like the same enthusiasm for him fixing your life, which I, I don't know. I mean, if Tony Robbins is on a level or not, but, uh, people seem to like him. Oh, what happened to him, by the way? <laughs> I was going to say, where some is bit of Tony depression Robbins? or something? This was the guy that had the solution to everything. He disappeared. I was going to say, where, where is, is he? Tony had those Robbins? big teeth. He looked like secretary at dentist uh, had to be working on those teeth. Anyway, I've never seen a guy with more enthusiasm. If you get a chance, people, uh, and, and we're here on Believe, but, uh, you know, and, and you could kind of tell. Unfortunately, it was one of those interviews that uh, you only had like 10 minutes with the guy. Yep. Yep. And he was probably going to do, uh, you know, another couple of dozen interviews uh, about the book Black Ops. And uh, it would be a fascinating read. The Life of a CIA Shadow Warrior. That's crazy, man. The stuff he must have seen. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, Wow. And, and appear to be a thousand percent credible. I mean, uh, you know, with a great, great story. I mean, imagine that you're, you're a 10 year old kid and they put you on a plane and they fly you to another country where you don't know a soul. That's crazy. Don't speak the language. Nothing, man. They throw you in some orphanage and, uh, you know, you've got to make your way. And he makes his way to, uh, you know, a uh, obviously influential position uh, inside uh, governmental strategies. Uh, that's for sure. All right. Uh, a lot of fun being with you. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Well, Luby, always a pleasure, my friend. Yes, sir. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, kind of appealing yourself off the map money. We had an interesting conversation. If you want to Google it, people, uh, from our Ion Channel show, it's uh, streaming uh, audio and video. We do it every morning on the East Coast Live, 7 to 9. You can catch it there on Ion Channel or uh, just Google the Defo show, D-E-F-O. And if you're a college basketball fan, uh, one of our favorites was on the program this morning. That, that's the great UM head basketball coach, Jim Laranega who had a Cinderella story in the NCAA tournament many, many years ago with George Mason. And uh, just a, an absolute delight and a basketball treasure. Hurricanes, uh, Luby thinks on the bubble, El Buble for the uh, Hurricanes. What do, you, what do you think? I mean, uh, are you really that uh, pessimistic? A 20-win team, 20-9 and nine on the season, 12-6 and six in the ACC, two ACC games coming up uh, to finish out the regular season, the conference uh, schedule. Uh, Boston College, who I thought was playing like crap, Luby. Every time I see a score, they're getting blown out. Maybe I'm looking at the women's score. I, I don't know. Is nah, the I mean, women's, team, uh, women's team subpar? They haven't right. been that great, but uh, Jim Laranega made him sound kind of dangerous, no? Well, he's he's an old-school coach, and he doesn't take anything for granted, and I I, I presume he's going to pass that down to his players right Senior now. Senior night they're in on the, the road. But I, they, they took a really bad loss to VT this weekend, and they sort of have to finish strong to ensure that they end up in the big dance. Speaking of Cinderella, man, I mean, uh, could Duke ever be considered a Cinderella story if they kind of come from the clouds a little bit? They were struggling at one point in the season, and not not an almighty struggle. I mean, they've only lost four games on the year, one of which, of course, was to the University of Miami and Jim Laranego, who owns Coach K, and we mentioned that to him. Also interesting, but if you want to check that interview out, if you're a college basketball fan, uh, check that out. Uh, just Google the Defo Show. That was from uh, this morning's program. 
of uh, February 28th. And uh, always interesting talking to him. And then we always uh, take Jim Laranega old school. And he never ceases to amaze with his total knowledge <laughs> and familiarity and total recall of things that happened 50 years ago yes. <laughs> on the basketball court. Uh, of course, he was a star at Providence, uh, Jim Laranega, as a player. And uh, he, uh, we asked him about the, the whopper, Billy Pauls. And uh, you know, we always throw it at him. And we're figuring he, one day he's just going to tell us to go fuck ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> But he loves it, and it's great. It's one of the reasons we really enjoy having conversations with Jim Laranega, a real basketball treasure chest, as we said. And, uh, wow, another great story about the Whopper, who I thought was the flounder, Billy Pulse, the ex-center from St. John's. And uh, I guess, what, did he play for the Nets? He, he played for a long time, I think, in the ABA, Billy Pauls, the Whopper. Yeah, that's what, what do you know about Whoppers? The only Whopper you know about is the one that I you was ate gonna at say, uh, I never heard of this guy. McDonald's, yeah. But Larry Nagin knew him well. It was great. Yeah. It was good. All right. Uh, thanks to Rick Prado for joining us here on After Hours. Uh, thanks to Luby. Uh, did the job here for the last couple of days. So always fascinating. Mike Luby Lubitz. And uh, had an interesting array of uh, people on the program. We try to bring you a nice mix, and uh, that was certainly part of it. Uh, we'll see you guys again tomorrow here on Believe. Uh, once again, Google the Defoe Show, our Ion Channel show. It's a two-hour extravaganza every morning that we do, 7 to 9 on the East Coast. Uh, and you can also see uh, how ugly we are as uh, we stream uh, video at that as well. And that thing's coming along, I have to say. Uh, some very fun. interesting stuff there on the, uh, the Defoe Show. So uh, thanks, people, for tuning in. We'll see you next time, uh, and uh, as we always say, as we make our exit here on After Hours with Tifo and Luby, people, you just got to believe. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play, when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Rising Public Adjusters, and Justina Testa. Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.